Hey, so welcome to a special edition of Let Me Say This. I'm your host, Tony Kristen Walker, and I say a special edition because today I'm doing something so y'all get two of these podcasts tomorrow. One, my regular podcast with my uh, friend and co-host, Brian, but this one I'm doing a little politics, and I'm doing local politics. Y'all know, anybody who knows me know I'm very passionate about politics. Um, I'm very passionate about having qualified leaders. I want to know how they think, what they think and how they come to their decisions. So uh, in the studio today, I have um, Ms. Latanya Milhouse. Yes. How are you doing? I'm wonderful. How are you tonight? Good. You know, you're my first political candidate, right? Oh, I love it. (laughs) The very first one. So we're not going to make this the last time, though. No, 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 no. I I love talking. No, when you get elected, you're going to have to come in, and we're going to really talk for real. Okay. Because I I believe in holding people accountable, so you'll, you'll find that out about me. Okay. But uh, Latanya, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what you got going on right now. Okay. I was born and raised in Titusville. Um, <clears throat> I've been in the community for over 30 years. Currently, I work uh, for Class Trend. Um, we do transportation for seniors and disabled. Okay. Um, I also have my own company, Alpha Omega Group. I help small business and nonprofits get started, get on their feet, and move to the next level. So Alpha Omega from the beginning oh, to the end. Right, right, right. Um, and that is part of my community empowerment plan, empowering our community, one house at a time. Okay. And so we, I work with the grassroots nonprofits, um, those small ones that right. want to do those things right there in their community. Cool. Well, you know, I work for a nonprofit, so I totally get nonprofit work. Well, I've done some work with AIDS Alabama <laughs> as well. So I've been in this I've been in this arena for years. Um I've worked with nonprofits um around Birmingham. Um we did making proud choices making proud choices with AIDS Alabama. That was with Daphina, right? Yes, that was with Daphina. Um and so yes, I've worked with several and partnered with several nonprofits around the city. Okay, cool. So, uh, what you got going on in a couple of weeks? <laughs> in a couple of weeks, on October the 8th, I want you to go out and vote for Latanya Millhouse for District 6 City Council, where we are empowering our community one house at a time. One Latanya Millhouse. I love that. So, let's so let's talk about your... Uh, why, why do you want to be a city council person? Tell me that. Well, I was a born civic leader. Okay. I did my my mother was a union person. So in the seventies, oops, tell my age. In the seventies, <laughs> the union they would go out and knock on doors and put out signs during that time when they decided who their candidate was. Right. And so I I did that always as a child. I've done community service as a child. That's what my mother did. And so I did what she did. Right. I didn't know till I got to college that I had the option to not go vote. I was sitting there, and they were like, well, don't we have an election today? I was super (laughs) excited. And they were like, "Um, well, you don't have to go. I was like, come on, I got to get there. I got like, you don't have to go vote. What is wrong with you? I was like, oh, I don't have to vote? That's not an option. Yeah, I didn't know that was an option. No, that is not I didn't know that it was an option not to volunteer on the campaign. I That was my civic duty. That's what I was raised. My parents raised me as a civic leader. We need more parents like that because these people don't even go vote, and it pisses me off. It pisses. It, let me tell you why it pisses me off. It's it pisses me off because people think that they've done like such a good deal when they um 
when they go vote for president. Right. And, you know, I I vote in, like, I literally vote in every election. Like, if they have a dog catcher election, I'm going to vote. I vote for school board, the special. If there's an election, I'm going to vote regardless because I need my voice to be heard. Right. Correct. But what what bothers me about it is people complain about a lot of stuff that happens, but they don't want to put in their voice. Like, there was a, there was a, there was some type of referendum about a year and a half ago that mm-hmm. was citywide. And I think in our district, maybe 1,300 people. It had the lowest turnout ever. Yeah. And, and, and then you want to complain about this, that, and the third. And it's like, well, you didn't say anything, so why are you talking now? So, you know, I, I appreciate people who go vote. If you haven't um, registered to vote, I don't think it's too late to vote yet to it's, register. No, it's not too late to register. You can, And registering in Alabama is so freaking easy. Like, all you got to do is go to www.alabamavotes.gov, and you can register online. I mean, it's That's just that correct. easy. Look for John King, and you can register to vote. And yeah. it just just pull it. Just click on vote, register to vote. So, um, you are in a in a you're in a race. Uh, how many people are running? There are seven people in the race. Okay. Um, I am one of two that was born and raised in this area. Probably one or two who lived in, but that's a hundred. <laughs> I was. I am one of two that that was born in the area. I did not say that. So. <laughs> I have 30 years of experience, and so I have more experience than three other candidates have been on the face of the earth. No, I'm just gonna, you know, I'm just going to say it like it is. I think a couple of candidates are jokes. Like, I don't even understand why people are voting. But anyway, for them. But um, <laughs> I don't think you're one of those candidates. You're one of my two top candidates. So Well, thank you. Yeah, seriously. So let's talk about, so you, you say you were always civically engaged. Uh, what are some things that are that are important to you and your platform? I know you say you want to empower people one house at a time, but what does that look like? Okay, so here's a couple of things that uh, are important to me, which is education for our children. And I, and I hear this, I'm running for city council. I am running for city council in District 6. Right. However, education is important to my community. If my education, my schools are not great, then they're not attracting the right people to my community. And so, so here's one of my pet peeves. Um, we as elected officials or civic leaders don't like to work together. We will have the Hatfield and McCoy's syndrome until it comes to you paying me out. It has absolutely nothing to do with the progress of our people or, right. or the district or our community. And I will pay somebody to take you down rather than take that money and put it towards a program that could benefit our community. Right. So, one of the important things for me is the education and being able to work with the other elected officials in my area. I want to have a working relationship with our school board member. I want to have a working relationship with those that's on the max board. I need them to hear my issues. I live in Titusville. Within a two block radius, there are three buses that pass by my house. 48 South Powderly. Mm-hmm. 86th Avenue, and 96 Titusville. And I know 96 Titusville has gone away, but however, for years, within a two-block radius of my house, three buses pass by my house. Neither one of them go to my zoned elementary school. Right. So I need to work with them to make my my community a living, sustainable community. That's not sustainable to me. If I'm a single parent without a car, yes, my child can ride the school bus now. Now, when my son was in elementary He's 20 now, so about eight years ago when he was in elementary, there was not a school bus that picked up at Center Street. There's one now. So 
I would have had to take him to 6th Avenue. If I didn't have a car, I would have had right. to walk to 6th Avenue. Well, technically, I live closer to Glen Iris than I do to 6th Avenue. So right. I would walk over there to get him on the bus, and then he would go to Glen Iris. So I, so I took the bus, went all the way downtown, and got on another bus to go to Glen Iris. It took me an hour and 23 minutes. Right. I can walk over there in 43 minutes, but I have to cross Green Springs Highway. Who's going to let their six-year-old cross Green Springs Highway? So you bring up a you, so it, so for me like I almost got in this race, but I got too much shit going on. Like really, <laughs> I got too much going on. Well, and, and I got and I almost got in the race because what you just like, I don't care what anybody else says on that platform. Education is the most important thing for me, and here's why: people don't realize that you know in the seventies we had white people leaving. Inslee, West End, you know, all these places that used to be almost totally white. Like, West End used to be almost white. Inslee High School in 1982 was like 90% white. White, yes. White people got up and moved up, jumped the boogie, went to Hoover, all those other places. That's right. And then when I graduated, I'm going to date myself. I don't mind my age. I'm 52. I'm 49. I don't mind my age. I'm 52. I graduated high school in 1985. I went to Southern Grove High School because I grew up in Dolomite. But when I graduated high school, my high school was graduating 120, 130 students. Parker, J.O., we know all of them, three, 400 students right. each year. Right. So over the next 10 to 20 years, we had a phenomenon where black people who got five cents in their pocket to roll together, roll together decided they're going to move out there where the white folks to move. Mm-hmm. And I ain't got no problem with that. I do have, let me stop. I do have a problem with that. And let me tell you why I have a problem with that. Because they took our tax base. They wrote it the tax base, which is how we fund our schools. That's right. So with the tax base being eroded because people were leaving, then we had the thing where we had these eight schools. We ended up having to close four of them just just because um, people left. So now we're complaining that, you know, Birmingham schools suck. Our schools suck because of us. They suck because we moved out of town and eroded our tax base. They they suck because even right now a lot of parents can't afford to to not miss work so they can go and check on their kids in schools. I mean there have been a lot of studies that show there's a direct correlation between parent involvement and academic achievement. That's there's, true. There's a direct correlation between economics and academic achievement. That's but true. But we have done this to ourselves. So. The thing that I want people to understand, if we can fix our schools, and it's going to be like a three-pronged thing. Like, if we fix our schools, we can get people to move back into town. Because at first they were moving because they had the money and they could move. But now black people are moving, living in apartments, complaining because Hoover won't have the buses coming to them because they wanted to send their kids to these better schools. You know, if we got better schools, then people could move here. And so, like, it's, it's still on the line of education. What other things do you see that you can do to kind of help us in that aspect? So here's one of the things that I uh, hit in gym. I think we don't realize is that if your child receives a free lunch in the Birmingham City School System, you as a parent can go to Lawson and get a free education or a trade. As a parent? Mm-hmm. So, I knew they were doing it for the kids who graduated, but they're doing it as the parents too. And so uh, you can also go to Workforce Development um, which is Nick's right tied with the unemployment office, right? And go to school and get a free education. Hmm. And so, um, why don't people know about that? We empowering our community one house <laughs> at a time. <laughs> but here, here's the key thing too: I want us to to be realistic that this is not going to happen overnight. Mm-mm. This is not something I'm going to be able to snap my fingers and make happen as soon as I get in the office. Right. But I am going to 
start the empowerment program. So, so you know, there are three jobs that there are only three responsibilities of city council, and that is to pass a balanced budget, Mm -hmm. to legislate, Mm -hmm. and to appoint. So we appoint to different boards. That's only three jobs. That's only three duties we have. So everything else is going to be um, advocating for our community. I think that there should be a, a a better working relationship between the city council and the school board for that for the for that reason. Like yes. literally, if we can't if we like Birmingham is always bidding for all these things like Google, Amazon, World Games is something. coming. Did you know we got World Games and we're not talking about it? We're not prepared for it. But that's what's piss- going on in our community. But that's pissing me off, though. I'm gonna tell you why it's pissing me off. The World mm-hmm. Games is pissing me off because now we want to try to fix up the city for visitors and not for the people who live here. Like that's the that's my problem with the World Games. It's just like when President Obama came down here and they started fixing Lakeshore Drive. Like, what about us who are here every day? The people who who I live. You know, you at my house. You know, I live in the I live in the neighborhood every day. Every day, like why? Why? What about the people who live here? Like I think the, I think on one aspect the World Games are great, but on another aspect, like this is a horse and pony show. Like we need to be doing stuff for people who live here every day. That's correct. You know, but but even even beyond that, so how do we how do we get to that point? How do we make Birmingham a place that's livable where people want to move into? Because if you got small kids, you ain't trying to move to Birmingham because school sucks. So here's the here. <laughs> you know I'm you know I'm straightforward, T. You know I'm straightforward. So, and I'm laughing because I I knocked on some doors in a hidden community in our district. A lot of people don't know it's in our district, but um, they talked about what the the manager came to the, and she talked to me and she said, you know, I have I, I tell people up front when they come over here to buy. That um, I'm, we're part of District Six. Your children go to Glen Iris, which is a great school. They go to Carver. Well, these people don't buy; they don't live over there anymore. They won't. She says she gives them a flyer and let them know off the top. So as I was knocking on doors, I counted maybe three young kids right. and it's a community of of uh of 100 homes um and there was maybe three of those 100 that were that had young kids really yeah it was upper was, income was upper, yeah because they're gonna be older people because younger people are not trying to move to Birmingham because they're, they're not trying to move in that in that area it's right. a really nice area i know exactly what we're talking about i know exactly what we're talking about I know because there was a bunch of controversy about that a couple of years ago about Vespavia too, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. But though, but see, those are problems. Those are problems that we need to try to fix, and we can't fix it unless we have have money. So, like, it's it, it's no, all, not necessarily money. Well, I'm, let me say this: if we're not working together, working together, but we also have to increase. So, in order to make our schools better, there there are three things you need to have. You got to have a better tax base because the way that we fund schools, you know, if you live in a poor area, you got poor schools. Mm-hmm. We got to figure out a way to get more parental involvement because mm-hmm. I also believe that the schools aren't as bad as people say that they are. And I also don't believe the schools are bad because of the teachers. I mean, okay. Uh, <laughs> y'all should have seen this look that she gave me. But I also don't believe that this is, the, this is totally the fault of the administrators. Like my son is 14 years old now. 
And um, when my when we when we got Maurice, we adopted him. When we got Maurice, he was drawn to Glen Iris, and I was happy. Like the school is is a great school. Like I hate that they're losing Dr. Wilson. That makes me mad on a whole nother level. They have a great community garden too. They have he, great programs. Dr. Wilson worked his ass off at that school. You know, I volunteered in the morning to do traffic. Got cussed out by some of these badass parents. But you know, I realized then that you know people talk about our schools. Our schools are a reflection of our community. That's correct. And if your parents don't care, like literally, I had people like in March and March and April. Hey, you think you can write me a recommendation letter for my child to go to uh, Phyllis Academy? Ma'am, I'm a parent, but you be here every month. Yeah, I'm I'm volunteering. I, I'm a parent, so no, I can't. They don't even go to school enough to know who the teachers are. They don't know who to. And so, okay, so here's the thing. That goes back to the education part. Mm-hmm. So when my son got old enough to start playing co- or getting scouted or looked for scholar, uh, college sports, I had a coach ask me, um, oh, what's his core GPA? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. My son had been playing sports since he was five, right. four. Nobody explain to me what the core GPA is. So what is the core And GPA? I consider myself to be fairly educated. <laughs> and, and involved. And heavily involved. Right. And I had no clue what the core GPA is. And that is those basic classes, that math, that science. Reading. And the reading. Right. Right. So I need to, they needed to know what his core GPA, and that's what they use for, um, What's I don't the, know sports. What's the system where they have to get approved to go? To, oh my gosh! The in the in NCAA, 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 yeah. Right, you have to become NCAA certified. Wow! And that's what they use the core GPA. So if you have, you have all these A's in physical education and home economics. None of that. None of that matters. No, that does not go course to the core GPA. Wow! And so I didn't know the difference to the point to where we had to take a class online, you know, the school system, you can take classes online. We had to take a class online. We were missing a core class. Wow. Did not know until I had a coach to ask me what was his core GPA. Then I went back and said, okay, hey, somebody over here tell me what a core GPA is. Oh, then they gave me that. They didn't answer my question. They gave me a piece of paper. Wow. So as a parent that I feel like is – not as diverse or not as education. That is frustrating. Right. I was frustrated. And, and, I, and I consider myself very educated. Right. And, and I, I was frustrated. And oh, I'm heavily involved. And I was extremely frustrated. They gave me a piece of paper. Wow. Okay, so let me ask you this. So so education is important and, and you you're like me. You think that it's a it's a coordinated um um, Effort, yes. Like the school board, the city council, and parents and teachers. Are That's correct. And and there is, and we have to be creative about that. So had I known in little league sports that I need to be focused on the core GPA, right? I would have been paying more attention in ninth grade, and that's how we were missing a class, right? So and there's a list. It is a list you can go get. You can print it off. But nobody gave it to you. No, not until I asked, what is a core GPA? So what you need to know is if your child is applying for any scholarship, they're going to sports, academic, they are going to want to know what the core GPA is. Hmm. Interesting. 
So let me ask you this. So um so education is one of your one of your your tipping points. What else what else gets you going when you think about city government? A city government or our community? Because there is a difference. Yeah, let's talk about our community. What else? So for me, I I would love to promote um a sustainable community in our district. What does that look like? So for me, sustainable community, um we have I have divided our district in three parts, and we have the different issues. So what works over here in Titusville does not work in West End, because Titusville was the first place black people could buy property. Right. So our issues are a little different. We have a lot of air property issues over here. Mm. So West End has other issues than what we have. Right. So our issues are different. So to become a sustainable community, you need to know what those issues are in those areas and be able to, to address those individually. So for me, that comes to the educational program. So let's just talk about, I'm just going to use West End as an example. 67% of our district is rental property. 67% of our district is rental property. So if I if I'm Miss Susie and I've been renting all my life or I'm I'm now 67 and I'm renting and I need a wheelchair ramp guess what? I'm not the property owner, so I can't get a ramp put on this house. This house is not mine. Right. So those are some of the issues that we're facing in our district now that some of our elderly voters are are experiencing those challenges. So So, how do we address that? So let me ask you. So I heard that UAB had this program. Mm -hmm. I'll just tell you what I heard. What, that if, what I heard was what I, what happened was <laughs> what happened was if you work for UAB over a year over a year in good standing in good standing mm-hmm. then if you bought property over in this area mm-hmm. that they would give you what like eight thousand dollars eight thousand give it to you not loan if you want willing to build rehab or purchase an existing home in the Titusville area. You get an eight thousand dollar grant towards your closing, building, or rehabbing. Three hundred and sixty six days employed, in good standing. Now, on the surface, that sounds really good, but I don't see people <laughs> who look like me taking people up on that. So here's the thing, though. So there are a couple of people that live in this area that I know for sure that work for UAB, worked there for years, and and I'm more than likely in good standing. Right. Because I, I asked one of the late, I asked my neighbor around the corner from me, did she know about that program? Right. She said, yeah, but the application was confusing. Yeah. So here's my thing. If you do, and so for her and those that do own a home, and need a ramp. That application process is eight pages long. It's confusing. That's what I mean. No, but that's just no. That's a city program too. So if you need a, if you own your house and you need to do the ramp and you want to do a ramp, there's a process you have to apply for. It's confusing, and they ask for your your bank statements. They want to know what you've spent your money on in the last three years, and so that frustrates them. It is frustrating. And so if you're elderly, uh, that frustrates them. So the lady that lives around the corner from me, she's a, she's a little bit older. She does work in um, building maintenance. So I can understand or see how that's confusing for her or it's right. frustrating for her. So those are some of those empowerment 
workshops that I want to do right. in powering our house. To kind of alleviate the barriers that in powering our community one house at a time. So those those issues may be different for the house here and the house here. Right. So um I'm aware of those programs and so those are some of the things that I want to work on for as soon as we get in the office. And I think it needs to be worked on. Like I mean there this is a nice neighborhood. Like I yes. mean it really is. Yes. I, I have, I've been here my grandmother left me this house. She she died in 2007. And I've been here since then and I haven't had any problems. I mean the the, the thing that I hate most about my neighborhood is the fact that I'm 52 years old and I'm probably one of the youngest people. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but they like, watch out for you though. They they I love them, you know, that like they're they're dying. I mean, they're they're definitely Miss Ware, you know, she's gone now, Mr. Green, Mr. Gray across the street, you know. It's, it's just a lot. But I we need new people to move into these neighborhoods. And this neighborhood actually will do well for young people with young kids That's because right. they were zoned to Glen Iris. Mm-hmm. But once you go on to Glen Iris, what the hell you do then? Because that was my dilemma. You know, when we got my reason, well, I'm not wealthy, you know, and my child had some um some 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 learning challenges. So at Glen Iris, they were able to help him go through those. And like once I realized where he's going to be zoned to middle school, I'm like, oh, hell no, I'm not taking him to middle school. Maurice is one of the sweetest children you would ever meet. And they would have had him for lunch. So, so what middle school is that? He was going to, I want to say Arrington. Arrington Middle yeah. School? Yeah. That's correct. He he would not have survived at Arrington. I mean, just because he has, he's he's so, he's just a little different. He's, he's, he's socially awkward. And even at Glen Iris, it wasn't until we put, got him to his new school that he was like, you know, my friend. And like my husband, like, well, we said he had friends. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like that was a big thing for us. Oh, baby, y'all just picking on the baby. No, he's just. He's y'all just, picking on that baby. No, he's a sweet kid, but, you know, he's just a little socially awkward. I mean, and these little kids are mean. Like, they really mean. But they mean because their parents are surly. But that's a whole other story. But so, like, I'm not a big fan of charter schools at all. And my son goes to a private school, and I'm okay with that because by me sending my son to a private school, we're not taking funding away from public schools. What I, what private school does he attend? Um, Red Mountain Community School. Okay, it's over in Avondale. Great school. They they got like ninety five students total, and they go from K five to twelfth grade. I, listen, my son went to Epic, and then middle school we went to. Um, St. Rose Academy on Highland Avenue. Mm. And they were trying to go to the 12th grade. Lord, I was praying that they made it to the 12th grade before we got to high school. But they did not. Right. So we went to Holy Family. So I, I get the, the public school to that private school. And then we were not getting enough exposure, sports exposure. Right. So we went to Parker. Yeah. I saw that too. I so like my so my thing is I don't like having like I don't like paying private private school tuition, but you know it's one of those things where I really wasn't left with a choice. It's a sacrifice that you make. Yeah, but I but I'm a I'm a public school. I sound hypocritical because I'm a public. I'm school. a product of public school. I am too, but you know schools were different back then. <laughs> so here, so here's here's the thing. I I went to Center Street elementary school because we had k through eight at that time mm-hmm. so center street i went to center street elementary school and then i went to jones valley high school mm. um so i feel like our leaders then were were smarter right um 
shout out to Mr. Count Lopez, superintendent at yeah. that time. So <laughs> at that time, those schools that were low on enrollment, mm-hmm. he took the children that were on the waiting list for Ramsey and created magnet schools, Jones Valley, Inslee, wow. and Huffman. That's how that started? And Huffman. Wow. That is correct. Wow. And so we were bused to those schools that were, Jones Valley was very low on yeah, scores. Yeah, I remember. Their scores was very low. Um, Inslee was low on enrollment, um, and Huffman was low on enrollment and or um, scores. And so he took those kids that was on the waiting list for Ramsey and bust us to those schools. Hmm. And that's how Madness schools were created. Wow. Okay, look, so this is what we're going to do. We're gonna go so our leaders were a lot smarter and forethought then. Cause they it, were leaders. It is, sir, it, they were leaders. They That's were leaders. correct. Because it, it saved our those schools at that time. They were absolute leaders. Okay, so look, we're going to go on a break. And when we come back, then I want to switch gears a little bit. I want to talk about uh, infrastructure and, and businesses. Because, you know, we're always vying to get some businesses to move here. But because our schools suck, no one's going to move their business here because they ain't got nowhere to sit next to children for real. That's all I'm saying. Okay. But we'll come back after the break. All right. <laughs> Do you have an active sex life? PrEP is a once-a-day pill that prevents HIV and is now available at the Livewell PrEP Clinic on the south side of the hub. PrEP is safe for men and women who have active sex lives and want to decrease their chances of contracting HIV. For more information about PrEP and the Livewell PrEP Clinic, call 205-324-9822 or go to www.gcpm.com and click on appointments. Or if you just need to get tested, call us. All right, so welcome back to the special edition of Let Me Say This. Uh, I'm Tony Crystal Walker. In the house, I have Miss Latanya Millhouse, who's running for city council person for District 6. Ah! <laughs> I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> I'm, this is the first time I'm doing this. This is going to be interesting. So, I, Wait, 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 wait. Let me just say this. What's up? I like this little space back here. That he hitched. This is like that he hitched. Man. It's okay. I'm I'm wild. <laughs> I'm coming back on my own. Hey. I'm gonna be out there. Come on, come on. We here, we here, we here all the time. So tell me a little bit more about some of the things you want to do. You know, as far as like b- making the city more sustainable. So here's the thing. I feel like if we have a sustainable plan for each district and work those plans, then the city itself can become sustainable. <clears throat> so I had a question today. How do I see myself working with different city council members? Mm-hmm. Well, each one of our districts are unique. And each one of our districts have different needs. And even to the point to where I've already just said I would have to break my district up in three components right. because there are three different areas that have three different big needs to me um so that's the same way with the city there there are nine communities that nine districts that have different needs needs, and we make the city so we have to work together to make those things happen as a city right so i pride myself on being able to work with a diverse group of people um we don't have to get along to we ain't gotta be friends. We don't have to be we friends. We can work together. But we can work together for a common goal. I told somebody that at work just last week, like I don't like you, but we can work together. Right. <laughs> I, just, I don't. I don't have to be your best friend. Right. We don't have to talk. I, I just need us to work together for this right. common goal, right. and that is to become a sustainable city, to make our city a better place. Right. End of story. That's 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 
all you need to do. Right. <laughs> That's all you need to and do. And I, I don't I don't have to like you. And and so I I hate I don't like I'm not gonna say hate. That's a strong word. I don't like the Hatfield and McCoy syndrome that we have. Um, you X Y and Z's boy, or you rolled with X Y and Z. So now I can't work with you anymore. You know they was throwing hands in this last administration at one point. <laughs> So the last election was, <laughs> are you Bella Whiffin? It was like you had to choose a side. Choose a side. Right, right now you need to decide, are you Bella Whiffin? And, and if you chose a side, then that's where you are. That's where you stuck. You're pigeonholed. Right, and we, we're not working with each other. So if I was a Bell supporter, there's no work being done or work helping with the Whiffin campaign. Or, or with the Wolfen administration, so and 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 I was trust me, it would have been the same way if Bell had gotten in. Right. It was just so hard that I feel like it really just divided our city down the middle. Yeah, and we are not moving. So yeah, so we need some new blood. We we definitely need. Some it's new time blood. for a change. Yeah. If you want something different, I am that change. So okay, so on my last podcast, mm-hmm. um, we. <laughs> I've, I've, I've recorded three podcasts today. <laughs> but on that last podcast, I was talking about, so, you know, I work for Ace Alabama. Correct. And um, it, we we didn't really plan it this way, but we had a theme about hypocrisy and, and meanness. And my part of that was talking about, you know, we have a, uh, our biggest thing at Ace Alabama is, is housing. So mm-hmm. we, we have kids and adults who need ho- housing. I don't understand how as a parent who claims to be a follower of Christ, because I'm not going to call them Christians. You throw your child out, and they don't have a place to live, but just because they're gay. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a family thing, which we can't <coughs> do anything about. Mm-hmm. But I think our city has also dragged its feet on non-discrimination ordinance. Like, there's no protections for people who identify as gay in the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just because I'm gay, you can come in and fire me. There's nothing that I can do. Alabama's an at will state. Yeah, it is an at will state, but there still should be some type of protection for, 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 for people doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? So here's the thing: we fought again. I'm 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 a '70s baby, so and I, I, let me say this: I'm a menopause baby. <laughs> so my brothers and sisters, 17, 16, 14, and my parents raised a cousin that was 15 when I was born. Right. So I had strict education of civil rights and what that meant. So I I don't understand as a people how we come from under civil rights and want to discriminate against someone else. I personally feel like whether I agree or don't agree and don't care about your sexual preference, that is discrimination at the end of the day. Civil rights means a lot to me. Right. And so, I may not be your best friend, but just know that I have your best, your civil rights best interest at heart. So, um, there is no other way for me to say other than civil rights matter to me. And because you're different does not mean you should not, that you're not equal. Right. So, that says to me, because I'm short a little darker a little heavier then i'm not equal to you right. people and but people do that we other people all the time like we other people all the time that is correct so no i do believe in 
whatever that looks like you're right um there's a flip side to that though to me what's that even though uh, you know a gay male black or white will still make more money than a female now see now you're talking my language because my whole thing is we want equity for all people wherever that looks like because i don't like i don't like using equality and I tell people all the time, you know, I am a 52-year-old black male who identifies as gay, who's lived with HIV, who's fought cancer. And I can't fight for all of those things if I don't fight for my cisgender straight sisters who experience wage, wage disparities at That's an alarming rate. Or, um, you know, just the fact that being a black woman in particular, you know, you have, you have it hard. You, That's correct. You really do. Absolutely, but we but the problem is I think a lot of times we end up playing the oppression Olympics, and trying to see who has the bad. Hell, we all got the bad. We all got the bad. You know, but the, our badness is different. It's different, and that's the same thing. Right, right. So you know, so I, I I'm a firm believer in civil rights, whatever that is. Yeah, yeah. Let me let me ask you: Have we talked about immigration? No. What is your, what's your stance on immigration? So you know, we have a large population of uh, Mexicans in our community. Latino, uh, Latinx is what the politically correct term is these days. But Latinos, because they're not all from Mexico. Okay. <laughs> in our community, mm-hmm. um, I welcome them. They bring in, they bring in resources to to our community. They're definitely fixing up some houses that we um, next door neighbor that we Three have let down go down. Yes, right. That we've let go down. Um, that we allow to be run down as a community. Um, I would like to see some friendly education programs there. So we have an, a, a Mexican restaurant on 6th Avenue. Yeah. They play the music so loud outside that it's not culturally accepted for us, but there are some apartment complexes like jumping this. You can drop off their property. I mean, literally jump one hop off of their property onto that apartment complex. That is disturbing to them. So I need that education to become culturally diverse among each other and become community partners with each other. So you got, uh, they got some houses right next to them. Um, you got those apartment complexes that really, I mean, you can reach out and touch them from the restaurant. So the music extremely loud is um, just a cultural difference. Right. And so. But that's a conversation. We Just a conversation to become good community partners. Yeah, that's that's just, but I mean, I, I, I'm going to say this. I find it hypocritical that black people are talking about people playing music too loud when you can't stop on the red light without having your, your eardrums bleed. But that's a whole other story. Okay. But that's a, conversa- that's a conversation that needs to be had. But, like, I have uh, my next door, my next door neighbor. She uh, ended up having to sell her house. But she hated Mexicans. Like, she she hated Mexicans. And I think it was, like, poetic justice there. Uh, my, my neighbors next door are from Mexico. They're a really, really nice family. But what I liked about them moving in was I thought Miss Edwards' house was nice. Like, I thought it was nice than mine. Them people spent about maybe three months fixing on that house before they moved in. I'm like, what the hell is wrong with this house? Did it take them? Long? But they, they spent about three months in that house before they moved in. They've been great neighbors. I mean, I don't have any complaints. There's so, so like three more families that moved down the street, down McCary here. 
I, you know, my whole thing is the the narrative that they're here to rob and steal and steal drugs is a false narrative. No, they have more crime created against committed but, against them right. than the crimes that they commit. Right, right, exactly. But they have you, a lot of crimes committed against but them. But that, but that's the narrative that you know the folks have set out, and I just think it's wrong because uh, no, those people came here for a reason. They they come here because they, they want to do for a better life. Right, and they're and they're doing it. You know, like my whole thing is. Well, I can't get black people to move in my neighborhood. I'll take, I'll take them. They're gonna work. They're gonna pay taxes. You know, they're gonna pay taxes, and, and, and I'll take them. You know, so I'm glad you're, you're, you're. And they're gonna be good neighbors. They, my neighbors have been great. So we did have a neighbor that um, they had chickens, and we had to have a couple conversations with them. Um, can you have chickens in the city? Living? No, oh. no, no. I had a friend. You know, Faye Oaks. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Faye no Please hands. do not tell me Faye had some chicken and no, chicken coop. Who am hoping to talk about Faye so oh my She had some neighbors that had some chickens down the street. <laughs> oh, Faye. Faye, you had some chickens. Faye Oaks. <laughs> Tony said you got some chickens over there and some chicken coop. <laughs> she did not have some of my neighbors here. I was wondering. But yeah, but those are just conversations that we need to have. And, I, and like I said, I love the diversity of the neighborhood, you know. And not that I'm against white people moving here either, because you know I don't like the whole. Well, narrative. I got two white neighbors on Wall Street. I had one. Really, what part? What part do you live in? I live on First Avenue, on top of the hill, from my lady Fatima. Who you had? Michael Morris was your. Mm-hmm. Right around the corner. And yeah. then He moved. Well, well, because he become he became an aggression of violence. Yeah. Yeah, which is which is bad. So let me ask you. Let's talk about crime, because you know our, our current mayor. All he talked about was how bad crime was under the past mayor. And mm-hmm. I had a problem with that. And I didn't have a problem with it because I was a, <clears throat> a Bell fan. I had a problem with it because I know that crime is a community level problem. Like, you call the police after something went down. You know, so, like, in order to, for me, in order to fix crime, I think you need two things. You ha- need to have neighbors who are going to take stock in their neighborhood and not. Be like, well, I'm not gonna call the police because I call the police, they gonna say something to me. But I, people need to take responsibility for their neighborhoods because if you're not gonna stand out here in front of uh, uh, 117, 16th Avenue Southwest and stand around all day without me calling the police, that's not gonna happen, you know. <clears throat> but also on the part of the police, I wish our police officers would just park their cars and walk around the neighborhoods and talk to people. They're too busy. Doing what? They have a large number of calls that they can't, that that community policing is not effective right now. Now well, we, we got these, new, I was going to say, well, now we got these new two new classes coming out, so that may be an option. So here's my here's my take on crime. One, we didn't get here overnight. We're not going to get out of here overnight. Right, but it's gotten worse in the last few years. Okay, so <laughs> here's my solution for crime. So, um, I picked when when my son was younger. I picked up my son and a friend of his from football practice, and they were in the back seat talking about a local crime that had just happened. I'm not gonna tell the situation because I don't want anybody to say I'm bashing anybody. But, um, so one of the guys said, "What? What? When did you say at one thirty? He was like, "Yeah, it happened at one thirty. So he was like, "Well, why they wasn't in school? Right. So my son said, "Cause they had nothing to lose. Hmm. So the hope. It's what we've lost. And being able to say, I have 
Because he was like, if me cutting school and doing something stupid like that, it's going to affect my scholarship. So what are we teaching our children li- uh, as younger children? We not we need to start on them then. Right. Um so what what do what do they have to look up to? Do they have a job or a career that they're seeing every day that they're ready to go through? And so I'm not saying that the parents are good parents or bad parents and because it happens to good parents. Yeah, true. It's just these children go through the schools and their mindset has changed. So you're saying a hopeless people, you know, do things that are counter to their, their best interests. Yeah. What What am I going to, what do I have to lose? Right. So for us, we knew never to burn down or set a black church on fire because your grandmama going to kill you before you go to jail. <laughs> right. But you had something to lose and you had somebody to be accountable to. Right. And that was your grandmother. Right. So, if I don't have anything to lose, I don't have anything to gain for not staying in trouble. What is what is my what is my reward for not getting in trouble? What's your motivation? <laughs> What's my motivation for not getting in right. trouble? So you just talked about parents putting their kids out just because they're gay, but they put them out for a whole lot of other reasons. So going to jail gives them a place to stay and three meals. And you really got to think about it. For some of these kids, that is. Better than what they have. Well, I'm gonna tell you this: we uh, we did some uh, HIV education, and I'm not gonna say which school it was, but um, one of my guys he had just started, and uh, they went out, and he came back. He called me pops. He's like, pops, you know, I thought it was gonna be a problem with the HIV. The HIV was easy. The problem for me was these little kids telling me, you know, well, you know, when I come home from school, I ain't got nothing to eat. What do I do? Right. And they just want somebody to care. They do want somebody to care, but I see. But I, at first when we talked about it earlier today, I didn't really get the connection, but I definitely see the connection now because I mean I have nothing at home, like nothing at all. So what am I gonna do? Going to jail is actually better for me than being at home because at least I get three square meals there. I got a roof on my head, and I got lights on, and I got running water. So let me. So let me ask you this: So how do you propose like giving them something that they feel like that? that would give them hope what does that look like so as a community we need to decide what does that look like in our community so that goes back to the programs that i talked about that you can get an education you as the parent can get a trade teaching these children that like i was taught to be a servant right i was a civil my parents were civil-minded and i was taught that so what are we teaching these children? So I'm saying, okay, I had a rough life. I, I you know, I work at, I'm, I, I graduated high school, but I work at Burger King. I'm the manager at Burger King, but I'm gonna go back to school. I want to work on computers. So you teaching that child that, okay, I've been there and done that. I'm going back to school. I'm gonna make right. myself better. Or I'm gonna go become a mechanic. I'm gonna go to auto body, auto body mechanic at Lawson, and I'm gonna make my make a better life for myself. Don't. Just something that simple teaches these children that type of responsibility and says, okay, I have hope. I have, I see some light at the end of the tunnel. So all this really goes back to education, which has been like. Right back to education. (laughs) Right back to education. That's that's right. So even if you are in, if you're in the 10th grade going to 11th grade, you have a 2.5 GPA. You know, you can graduate Lawson or Jeff State at the same time you graduate high school by taking classes, right? Mm Mm-mm. 
So if you have a 2.5 GPA, watch out people, y'all kids. If you have a 2.5 GPA, if you're in Birmingham City Schools and you're going from 10th grade going to 11th grade, that summer you can start Los Smith Jeff State and you can actually go through and get a trade and you can graduate high school with a trade. But you can put to work. Yes, that is correct. Okay, so let me ask you this. So is is that is this a function of people not being involved, a function of information not being disseminated? You know that comes from your leadership, right? Just like I just talked about when I was in high no school. No one's talking about this, though. When I talked about when I was in high school, how they took the li- the uh, the waiting list for Ramsey and put us in magnet schools. Mm-hmm. That comes from your leadership. Where are you leading us? How long has this been going on? This program in Los has been going on for a long time. It's, I went, oh, okay, my son graduated twenty seventeen. I know at least four or five years, and it's been going on for a while though. Okay, so look, so let me. So we got about another five ten minutes. Okay. So let's talk about you and what qualities do you have that you think will make you a better leader? Like, what? Why? Okay. Why should I vote for you? Why should you vote for me? Yeah. I'm not the loudest. I'm definitely not the most controversial. I'm the most experienced. I'm the most productive. And I'm the most responsive. Okay. End of story. So if you if you have let me let me tell you I, I love my my um my school board uh representative, um uh, Sherry. Okay. Uh Gardner. And um the reason why I love her is right when they were getting ready to, um, right there when they were getting ready to, um, let me talk about Okay, right there, right when um, they were getting ready to, um, to, um, to bring Dr. Herring in, there was an election, a, a vote for the school board in which they published the vote, and Sherry abstained from voting. Mm. And so I was doing my seatbelt chronicles hard at that time when I talked from my from my car, and I was like, you know, <laughs> I want to know why I want to know why my my representative abstained from voting. We didn't see you up there to abstain. You like we, you, you need to vote, yeah or nay. So somebody thinking that they were being messy got my video because all my stuff on my page is always public because you know I ain't trying to hide. <laughs> me. And they sent it to her. Okay. So Sherry. <laughs> Is me and says, I heard you had questions about why I abstain from voting on like the come to me. Uh, I'd be more than happy to answer those questions for you. So I'm like, Oh, this bitch on the box. She get in the ring though, for real. Yeah, look, but she but real she, though. But, but she's, she's real. not loud. She's not. But let me tell you what she's happened. not controversial. I called her, but she gonna put it down. I called her and we talked and we became friends that day because right. I love people who are responsive. Like, don't get in no office, and then when people got questions, you're like, well, uh, see about publicity. No, you need to tell, you need to tell what's up. Sherry told me exactly why she abstained, and it made perfect sense. It was, it was, it was the textbook, the textbook reason why you abstained from a vote. And I had the utmost respect for her for two things. One, she was honest about what she did. And two, she was responsive to someone that she didn't even know. No, that's correct. She, she did not know me at that point. That's right. You know, so 
Those are the types of leaders that I admire. Because you got people right now in the office, you ask them a question, they be like, look like, what you talking like, about? Like, who are you? And why are you, you asking why, me why, these why questions? Because we elected you and we got, we, the people has questions. <laughs> like, the people has like, questions. whatever, who are you? Right. And, why, and who are you to question me? Right. Right. That's not how you, that's not how you lead people. That's, right. That's not, especially like public service. That's not how public servancy is supposed to go. Correct. Well, cool. Well, listen. Um, so I'm definitely going to, I am definitely the most experienced. I'm definitely not your loudest. I'm not. I'm not controversial at all. Um, I'm by far been the most productive. I know. Yeah, some that, that flyer is impressive. And I'm gonna. I am definitely the most responsive. Well, I have enjoyed this. Yay! Uh, do you have anything else you want to say before we? So I, I want you didn't touch on transportation. Oh wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay look. So there was an article. On Facebook about like some on demand um, via, drive service via on demand. So Tim, what's that about? <clears throat> so City of Birmingham has a new program. Hold, hold, before you say that, let me say this: we we talked about transportation a little bit at the beginning, right. and you were talking about your story. I'm a, so like when I was in my early twenties, I didn't I didn't have a car. I was living over in Fountain Heights, and I had a job working at Parisian over at Eastwood Mall as a stop boy. At Eastwood Mall. Parisians. Oh, my God. You're telling your age. Right. Okay, go ahead. And I had to be at work at 9 o'clock every morning. I would have to get up at 5 o'clock to get ready so I could be on the bus line at 6. Just so I could take enough buses to get to work five minutes late every day. Transportation in this this city is terrible. So, when I saw that article, I'm like, we also need. And also, like, in the work that we do at Ace Alabama, we... Last year, we did over 32,000 legs of transportation, just AIDS Alabama, for our clients mm-hmm. so that we could get them from where they live to their medical appointments. Because if you have to rely on our transit system, you're going to miss something, and you're most definitely going to be late. So let's talk. Mm. So what about this on-demand thing today? So I love the program. Mm-hmm. Great pilot program. But let's talk about leading us to the next, to the next level. So the most important parts of this program is that they go from UAB to Princeton. Mm-hmm. So can you tell me how I get to UAB from Princeton? Yes, you would leave Princeton on Lom Avenue. Mm-hmm. You would drive down Martin Luther King, mm-hmm. make a left on Sixth Avenue South, mm-hmm. and go through that craziness until okay. you get to UAB. Okay. So tell me what that says right there on that map. On the map? Yeah, let me, this part right here. What does that white part say? North Titusville. Okay. But I just left out of the circle. Oh! Where, where, where? Now tell me how to get to Princeton from UAB again. So how are we going to have a program that involves Princeton and UAB? But our, our, dist- our portion, the largest portion of our district. They go through North, through First Avenue North. So where are we being again? We keep doing the same things over and over again, expecting different results. This is crazy. Oh, okay. I thought it was just me. So how do we have a program? Love the program. Let, let me just be very clear. Not bashing the program. Not bashing anything at all. My concern is 
how are we leading to the future or moving us to the next level and we're being left out so you allowing them to lead around us this is shameful i'm sorry that's biblical but who goes that way to to uab from princeton they're both let me be very clear uab and princeton both sits inside of district six But you left the the meat of District Six right. out of this program, right? We need people who are going to address things like that. <laughs> Let me just say that we need so 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 we do all this fighting and bickering, which I call it destruction by design. Mm. So, you know, this passed today without no fights and no no controversial because they didn't want you to look at it. It this passed. Pa- it passed today. Who voted on that? The city council. No fighting. No questions. See, the destruction by design is a distraction. See, they ain't fighting over this because, see, had they been fighting over this, then you would have looked at the map and then somebody would have said, wait, 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 hold on. So. Let me say, let me say this. I don't think our current council person has a good grip on what even life is about. For real, because they're so young. And I'm not bucking y'all millennials, but some of y'all feel entitled. Like, why would they, why would, why would she not complain about that? Like, even the neighborhood, well, I don't know where she lives, unless she lives with her parents, and they live down the street. Like, why would you not have the area where you live involved in that? Woo! Uh, y'all make sure y'all register to vote. Please, Please go vote October the 8th for Latanya Millhouse for City Council District 6. Thank you. Get registered. For, please make sure you register. What's the deadline to register? Deadline to register is the 3rd. The 3rd. Yes. Okay, so let me ask, so let me ask some voting questions. So I got married um, a couple years ago, and I haven't changed my name on my voting record. It's been changed legally on my driver's license and my Social Security. And they probably updated it. They did not. Cause I still go with the W's. My husband go with the C's. What do I need to do to fix that? You can you can do an updated voter registration form online. It's just as easy as you just told these people to vote online. Okay. Well, let's just, let's let's just say I moved. Like, what do I do then? Same thing. Online, you can update that voter registration form online. Oh, uh, let's see what else. Uh, so if I had a felon and I can't vote anymore. That may not necessarily be true. There are only eight felons that prevent you from voting. Oh, yeah, I know that. You know. So I need people to know that they need to check and see if their name is still on the roll. Because a lot of times you still can vote. Yeah, as long as it's not like rape, murder, uh, it's some other egregious things, you can vote. Yeah, so and some of those depend on what degree. Right. So, like, trafficking, and, and it just depends on what level it was. Don't give up on your voting rights. If you no. think you can't vote... Need, um, you need to let them tell you you right. can't vote. Don't just assume you can't because somebody has told you because you, you went to jail you can't vote. And That's this, not, not true. Right, and this is a shameless plug because I used to be the civic engagement coordinator for AIDS Alabama, so I, I know all about the how to, how to get voting rights re- restored. But yes. if you have questions about your voting rights, you can give us a call at AIDS Alabama by calling 205-324-9822 and ask for Matt Pagnotti. He, he can help you with that. Oh, super awesome. Yeah. Um, actually, start, he actually took my job <laughs> when I got promoted. But yeah, so we want you to go register to vote. We want you to go vote. Uh, if you have, if you need a ride to the polls on uh, election day, you can also call AIDS Alabama at that same number. Tell them you need a, a way to the polls. We will take you there. Um, awesome. Yeah. So just just know that. 
Anything else before we go turn? No. <laughs> I'm tired. I've been campaigning all I'm day. I'm tired, too. This third podcast. I've been up since 5 o'clock this morning. But look, thank so. y'all for this special edition. Uh, let me say this with uh, uh, candidate Latanya Millhouse. This has been great. Awesome. Um, and It's not going to be the last one. It will not because we got a lot of stuff we can talk about. I love having guests on, especially on this podcast. This is a little more tame than my other podcast. Oh, look, I'm about to come to the other one. The other one is foolishness and fuckery. I'm just going to tell you. <laughs> I'm coming to the other one. <laughs> I'll talk to y'all later. Peace. <laughs>